So we are starting a new series this month called Summer on the Mount because we're going to talk about things from the Sermon on the Mount and it's summer. Do you see how that worked? And I do have one, but we're not in this room or we're not in the room with it tonight. Um, but uh, tonight the title is True Crime, so you can picture that the graphic is there uh, and I will show it online later. But I want to talk, I want to talk about anger. Um, and so I'm going to just read from Matthew chapter 5 verses 21 through 26. Uh, before I do that, so you've probably heard the term Sermon on the Mount before, and I know that I've talked from it, you've heard churches talk from it, different things like that. It's kind of used in a way to talk about uh, everything. Like Jesus almost laid out almost everything that, that Christianity is about or should be about in this one sermon. And it was one of his first public appearances, and it shows how he thought through everything and took uh, not, not eradicated the laws, but took them to their natural progression and showed this is what God wants for you. This is what is uh, an amazing thing. And what's most amazing about them is absolutely they have a religious context, of course, because they're in the Bible and Jesus is God. But they also, even if you don't believe, uh, lead to a better life. Like all of them are good things to do no matter what. And so this is Matthew Chapter 5, verses 21 through 26. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. So what he is saying here is murder is bad and everybody understands that. And so what would happen then and now somewhat is the Pharisees or whoever that, that wanted to really say, hey, I'm so holy and I follow all the Ten Commandments, would be like, I've never murdered anybody, check me out. But then they would like post awful things about people and say how much they hate them and they'd make people feel like garbage and they'd shame them and they'd shun them and do all these things. And so Jesus is like, hey, so not murdering, that's great. That's like the minimum line though. Being angry with someone. Now what he, what he means by that is not as soon as you get mad, then boom, you're going to hell. He's not saying that. He's saying when you allow that to take hold in your life. Uh, and when, when you allow that to become how you treat other people all the time, like how you judge them, how you think about them, um, everybody deals with different spurts of anger or different things, and there are different things that tick off different people. Uh, the biggest one for most people that drive is obviously road rage, and um, I know that for me, it's always super annoying. There are two things, well, there are several things that are super annoying when I'm driving. One is when I'm at the Walmart parking lot and people just completely go the wrong way on the one-way thing and just act like it's my fault that I'm going down the other way. And that's super annoying. Uh, sorry, Rob, but that's super annoying. And, and they just kind of stare at me when I'm like, I do like the little one-way thing, um, that, which doesn't matter. And uh, the other is when they drive just consistently right in the left lane on the interstate. And it's like, that's the passing lane. And they'll just drive, not even going the speed limit. And they're there and they're slow. And then they look at you like you're crazy when you go past them on the other side. And those things are annoying. And so I get how that can turn to rage and how people get so mad because when we're out there, we usually are going somewhere. Like we have a goal, we have a, a reason for being in the car. And so when somebody slows that down, even if mathematically we realize it's not gonna make that much of a difference, it makes people angry. Um, when people uh, are in your space, when people talk about you, when people uh, post things that you disagree with, when people say that you're wrong, like all of these different things will make you mad. And so again, he's not saying if you get mad ever, you're not a Christian. He's saying when you allow that to become who you are, when you allow that to feed into it. And, and why he ties it to murder is because in our heads, we kind of start to picture 
not necessarily the death of the person literally, but we kill them in our hearts. We don't care about them anymore. Um, we, we see people, and you see this in Capital C Church, and you see this in the world, where because someone disagrees with them or because they live differently, because they believe differently, because they look differently, whatever, people will hate them, and they will never pray for them. They will never think of them as a person. They will never allow them anywhere. And Jesus is like, you can't do that. That's the same thing as murdering them. And as far as idiot, I would imagine, and I'm not, I don't want responses, but I would imagine that everyone in here has used that word at some point or some form of that word towards someone else when you're upset. Again, he's not saying the second you say that word, you're going to hell. He's saying you have to keep yourself in check. Uh, one of the things that I've talked about before, and I use it in the context of jokes and stuff, but if you're like standing with someone and you're kind of talking with your friends and you're referring to somebody as an idiot and then that person is behind you and you don't know that and so you walk over and you're like, hey, you want to go to church with me? They're not going to go to church with you. Like They're going to be like, you just called me an idiot. What are you talking about? And, and he's basically saying, think about what you say. Think about how you would feel in that position. Like, think about the times. One of the things humans do is we are annoying. All of us are annoying in different ways at different times. And so when we are annoying, even if we don't recognize it, and somebody gets mad at us, they're like, hey, you got to be forgiving. Like, come on, just give me some grace, or, or I'll do better next time. And it's like, well, they should accept that. But then if they do the same thing, it's kind of like, well, I don't care if you get up on the wrong side of the bed. I don't care if you had a bad day. You need to be better. And so he's saying, think about everybody in the same way you think about yourself. Like, don't uh, uh, have grace. Have grace for people. Be forgiving of people. Again, you can't control that first spurt of anger, that first thought. Um, when something happens that annoys you, when something happens that frustrates you, when somebody's mean or cruel, when something bad happens, you're going to have that first thought. But then you choose what happens from there. You choose whether you are a jerk. You choose whether you allow that to change your personality. You choose whether you allow that to kill them in your mind and your heart. Um, now, at the same time, if someone is consistently hurting you or consistently trying to make you mad, this does not mean that you have to just kind of like allow them to do that and, and just let them walk all over you and, and be their best friend or whatever. But it means you don't return evil for evil. You don't return anger for anger. You don't return hate for hate. Uh, going to the next part as he continues. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. So we kind of understand what sacrifices are, but we also don't do them in that way because Jesus was our sacrifice. What he's talking about here is there were multiple things in a day that, that Jewish people did at the synagogue. Number one was they would have an hour of prayer and everybody would go and pray. Another one was there'd be an hour of sacrifice. And so it's a specific time of the day where they would go and sacrifice to God. And, and the sacrifice was kind of praying in a way. And uh, they're basically saying, God, I can't pour myself out here, but I'm giving you this animal. I'm, I'm burning it to you uh, to represent my sins. And so this is my offering, that type of thing. That's a real silly way to put it, but it's, it, there are better ways to put that, but that's what it means. Um, and so he's like, if you're on the way there, and again, it's an hour of sacrifice. So it's a specific thing, and it was important to do, and all these different things. If you're on your way there and you remember that, that you've ticked off someone and you've upset someone or you have a grudge against someone, then you need to go and fix that. Um, and sometimes we carry grudges over the stupidest things for a really long time. And the thing is, when you have that, when you have a grudge, when you're angry at someone, you are not affecting their life at all. Now, you may think, ha, you know what? I looked the other way when they waved at me. 
they don't care. Like, that's not actually affecting them. You wake up and you have them on your mind and you're so angry and you're so upset and it makes your day worse when you see them. And you feel so bad when you see a post or you see a snap or something from them. And it's like, this person sucks so much, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. It's not affecting their life, it's only affecting yours. And so Jesus is saying this not just for the other person, but for you. And so he's like, go, when you're about to do something and you realize that you're holding this grudge, you're holding this anger, go and release it. That's helping you live your life better. That's helping you um, let go of things. Uh, Going to the next part, the last part. When you're on your way to court with your adversary, uh, settle your difference quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer. And you'll be thrown into prison. And if that happens, uh, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. So that doesn't seem like it affects us in a lot of ways because court was a much different thing then than it is now. But it's still what he's saying is we allow disagreements to build. And we allow um, arguments to build. And so he's basically saying uh, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And that's another thing in the scripture. But what he's saying is when you have a disagreement, like even it's a legitimate disagreement, Work out something, even if it's just we agree to disagree, but don't let that anger take hold. Um, There are cases, there are people who have had a brother or a sister, somebody who they've grown up with, and they get in this fight, and then they don't talk to each other for like 20 years, 30 years, because they're holding on to that anger. Um, And it just, it destroys relationships, destroys everything. And Jesus is like, guys... I am trying to help you to be better. And and yes, you can look at this, like I said, and it's a religious thing. Don't sin in anger. And all of that stuff is true. But it's also just a better way to live. And that's what the amazing thing about the Sermon on the Mount is. It is truly a better way to live. If you follow everything in it and you believe it and you try it, it's going to help you. Not holding grudges is really a better way to live. Uh, And again, you're going to screw up. Like you're going to have times where you get angry and you blow up, or you send a text that you don't want to send, or you say something you don't mean to send, and then you realize later, that's where you go to what he says here, and you're like, okay, I may not fully be wrong, but the way I behaved was wrong, and so I'm going to apologize. And again, you don't have to say, hey, everything I said was wrong. You can be like, hey, I am sorry how I reacted. I still disagree with you, but I am sorry how I reacted. And Jesus is like, this is going to help you not have this stuff hold you down. Because if you think about the people... uh, in, in your life or in the world or in celebrity or athlete or whatever politician who like just run around angry all the time, they don't have a very happy existence. And it's because people don't want to be around that. And so that is such a big thing, such a hard thing. And anger leads to all kinds of other things. It leads to you cutting people out. It leads to you uh, hurting yourself for the sake of other people. Now, I don't mean physically, but I mean like um, there are people, like if you get really mad at somebody and they have something to offer, they can help you with your homework or they can listen to you or they know something that you need to know. You'll cut that off. You won't even try it because you're so angry at them. And so he's like, guys, this affects you. Now, everybody is like, well, I don't murder. And he's like, that's easy. Good job. Congratulations. You don't kill people. That's awesome. But even like the worst people in the world don't always kill people. It's about the next step. It's about truly being who you can be. It's about learning from all of this and doing a a better job. And again, learning from your mistakes, apologizing, but just trying to be the best person that you can be and trying to follow that and to let go of the anger that weighs you down. And again, not to be happy all the time, not to, to be best friends with everybody, but to be loving and to show people, hey, this sucks and this hurt me, but I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to grow from it. And we may not hang out anymore, but I am not going to continually spend my entire life hating you. I'm going to let that go. And then Just do that and then do your best to treat people like you'd want to be treated. And that's all I got.